sit back and relax. Bridal Bliss provides brides-to-be with the confidence, calm and insight that leads to a once-in-a-lifetime wedding day. Bridal Bliss is the podcast for brides who seek a joyful wedding journey. This is Daniel Toot from Griffin Alliance and you're listening to the podcast today with Julie Byrne, who's a celebrant from Victoria. Hello, Julie. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. Thank you. Excellent. Uh, Tell me a little bit about uh, your celebrancy. Well, I've been a marriage celebrant now for eight years and I got into the game um, eight years ago when I was had a couple of young children and I'd been drama and dance teaching in secondary school for years and just wanted something to do for a change. And I had a father who was a marriage celebrant who was well respected in the industry and I decided to follow in his footsteps. Oh, cool. Did you help him out back in the day? or Helped him out back in the day. He gave me a good lot of work experience, shall we say, in the early days. He <laughs> uh, he allowed me to run a few ceremonies whilst he did the legal part so I could learn. And don't you worry, he gave me plenty of tips along the way about what I was doing wrong. So I got to learn from one of the masters, which was fantastic. Yeah, because back then as well, I think there was uh, quite a few less celebrants as well. So... Absolutely. You know, eight years ago, they opened it up um, where, you, could, you know, they let a lot more people be appointed as celebrants. And so, yes, you are right. There were only a few back then and it's sort of very different nowadays. It's a whole movement nowadays with celebrancy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I know some friends of mine have got their celebrancy just to do their friend's wedding, for example. Yes. And, and if, yeah, and quite a few people are doing that where they're only doing one or two weddings a year or perhaps only one and two ever. And they might do it down the track, but you know, but there is a bit of cost in keeping, you know, your registration up every year. So it's something that you've got to consider. Yeah, definitely. Well, I've noticed that a couple of my friends did some friends' weddings and then have done some others. And I think two of them this year have put up uh, posts on their website saying that they're going to pull back and, um, you know, they'll, they'll probably uh, do some friends' weddings and that kind of thing. But that's pretty much it. I think, yeah, because of that, because there is um, quite a bit of cost involved and people forget that, you know, there's quite a lot goes into it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that you've got to market yourself and it's a business as well. So it's not just something you can just sort of do off the cuff type of thing. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, what changes have you seen in the last eight years in the industry? And and well, I guess to start with, just uh, as a celebrant, what have you noticed? And I guess the second point is, what have you noticed with your couples? Because this is mainly, you know, a lot of people that will be listening to this will be brides and grooms that haven't necessarily, you know, they've been to weddings before, but probably haven't even really noticed all the bits and pieces. And now they're kind of looking at doing it themselves and they're kind of (laughs) wondering what's involved and all that kind of thing. So what have you noticed over the last kind of eight years? Well, see, well, the big massive change with anything in the last eight years has been social media. And so not only, you know, obviously it was websites back then, but being available on Instagram and on Facebook and having a presence on those has been a very, very big part of celebrancy in the last few years. And of course, there are so many Mm. celebrants nowadays as well. So the market is quite saturated. So you've certainly got to stand out from the crowd to keep getting bookings. So that's something that has certainly changed over the years. So we've got to make sure that we're looking good, shall we say, out there in the social media world. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've certainly noticed that in the last few years especially that um, I think couples are taking a lot more ownership of their ceremonies, making more choices, um, writing their own vows mm-hmm. and having a go at doing that. And I give couples, you know, big ideas on how you can write your own vows so that, so that they don't go it alone and not hearing them to the day. So they're actually sending them to me and then they don't hear each other exchange their wedding vows to the day. And I think that's becoming a big trend now. 
which is a wonderful thing because, you know, it's quite emotional and, and everything to hear that for the first time. And I get a bit teary at times, shall we say? <laughs> um, and also, I think in the last eight years too, styling has become really big at ceremonies and reception centres, but couples doing their own styling because mm. with Pinterest and Instagram and all these type of things, they're just looking at so many things and putting together their own type of, of feel for a ceremony and feel for a reception centre. And so styling has become a really big thing as well within the ceremony too. So, yeah. All right. Do you find that a lot of couples are doing the styling themselves or getting a stylist in or, I mean, I guess with Pinterest and that kind of thing, a, a lot of that stuff can be sourced themselves. Yes. Well, look, there are still people who obviously just are happy to get a stylist and get them to do everything for them. But there are a lot of brides, especially now, who are wanting to do it on their own and they're loving, they're having good fun going out and sourcing it and finding things and trying to find th- things cheap and do things differently, and which is a wonderful thing, they, thing that they can do because there are so many ideas out there on Pinterest especially. Yeah, definitely. And even Instagram as well. Uh, yeah. I know Kmart's doing massive things just with Instagram followers and they don't spend anything on it. No, and that's exactly, yeah. Thousands of people. And I've actually seen some, um, I was actually helping a stylist the other weekend at an event and I noticed that she'd bought a whole heap of stuff from Kmart and then painted it and done all kinds of things yep. to it. But the basics, you know, all the basic parts, that's they're uh, there. probably half of them were from Kmart and then well, as, as I look to the yes, well, as I look to the left of me now, and I look at my little display that I have in my office, I do say it is represented quite well by Kmart as well. So I hear what you're saying, <laughs> and that's what I mean. You can actually do a lot of it yourself nowadays and get inspiration from stylists and from Pinterest and social media. Yeah, definitely. And uh, have you noticed? I mean, I've I've heard that um, over the last I think ten years, there's about twenty percent less people getting married in churches. Have you noticed that trend yourself or? And we, we're aware of the trend. We're aware that only 25% of people now do get married in the church. Mm-hmm. But what I'm finding is that um, the trend from perhaps Catholic or Christian weddings, they're the ones coming across. Not so much people with deep-seated religious beliefs. They're still mm-hmm. staying in the church for those sort of reasons. But people who might say, oh, you know, my mum and dad got married in the church, but we don't want to now, you know, we want to go our own way. And I find that that's sort of happening. But that's been a gradual, I think, development over the last 10 years. Yeah, definitely. And um, what kind of things do bride and grooms ask you when they talk to you just about celebrancy in general and that kind of thing? Do people generally kind of have a pretty good idea of no. What they're looking for? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no, they, I mean, I sort of start off meetings with couples and I say, look, I come from the perspective that you don't know anywhere, anything. So that way you're fully informed. And most people go, yeah, well, you're right. And because I say, look, you might have been to 10 or 15 weddings in the last five years, but I guarantee you, you're not going to pick up on most of the stuff I'm going to go through. Just because you might say, oh, I liked that lighting of the candle or I liked the way that that happened, but you don't pick up a lot because you're sort of looking at the ceremony going, yay, congratulations, and off you go to grab a drink. Mm, yeah, um, definitely. And, and congratulate the couple and to celebrate with them. So a lot of them ask me, do we have to? You know, do we have to have any religious elements in it? Do we have to have this? Does it need to be long? Do we have to have readings? How can we get our mums involved? I think those are the sorts of things because I think there are some preconceived ideas out there that you do have to have certain things in a ceremony. Absolutely, we've got a couple of legal requirements that need to be covered, Mm -hmm. but from then on in, it's your choice. Now, I've done a ceremony from walk in to walk out, so bride walking into the bride walking out that went for 11 minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. 
that's exactly what they wanted. And I've got ones that go for 30 minutes, depending on if they've got readings and how many people involved and how much of their love story they want told. And it's just people just want to be informed. They like to know what their choices are and pretty much their choices are anything. Mm. That's the great thing about having a civil celebrant to do your wedding is that you can do anything that you like. Yeah, definitely. Well, I've noticed um, there's a huge trend in um, DJing receptions, especially where there's just a complete change. When I was DJing weddings 10 years ago, yeah, uh, a lot of weddings would be the same. A lot of the receptions would be the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd have the same speeches. Even yep. if the groom didn't want to do a speech, you had to do yes. a speech anyway, <laughs> even if the father of the groom had never done any public That's, speaking yes. ever, still had yep. to make a speech. Yes. And the you know, the mother of the bride had to sit down and you're stand next to the husband. Mm-hmm. Whereas now it's it's totally different. Uh, yep. Every single wedding is, is completely different, which I think is great. But then it, it also, I guess, has that thing where you, you kind of want someone to guide you, I guess, because it used to be quite easy because everything was the yep. same. I mean, you, you just had a bridal waltz and you had it. Yes, at a and certain I think, time, yeah. and you had yes, speeches right. at a certain did, time, yes. and you had to have antipasto, and you had to yeah. have, you know, this or that. Um, and I think, yeah, and I think the choice, the choice is great, but it's also a little bit confronting and scary for some couples because it's not a, you know, there's not a formula anymore. There is so much more that can be involved, and, and some people are like, oh, don't give me too much information, you know, it's too much. And you just say, well, just stick with the basics then. Don't worry about hitting Google. Don't worry about Googling everything in a ceremony. Just stick with the package that I give you and it'll all be fine. Yeah, You know, definitely. and that sort of thing because I said it's tried and tested. People are still booking me. I'm still getting lots of weddings, so I'm doing something all right. <laughs> <laughs> and I find the couples too often ask, things like, well, what do you like at a ceremony, you know, and I've got some stuff on YouTube because they want to know that you're going to interact with their guests, you're going to interact with their family, you're going to present on the day well, you're going to look good, you're going to sound good, and you're going to impress. Yeah, definitely. You know, because you got you really want to kickstart the day really well with, you know, with the ceremony because it just sets the tone, I reckon, for the rest of the night. Yeah, definitely. And it makes a big difference as well, even um, things like um, I did a wedding a couple of weeks ago where the um, one of the microphones wasn't working, one of the lapel mics, and it, you know, it all ended up fine. There was a backup mic and all that kind of thing. But even those things where it just kind of just takes the air out of it a little bit and yeah. there's all those things as well, like backup speakers and music mm-hmm. and just making sure it all works in concert to make sure it flows properly and Look, yeah, yeah, there's so much to there it. Is. There is so much to it. But look, look, having been now, I'm in my 20th year of secondary school teaching, um, I've learned to project my voice quite well. So it's been quite a blessing that um, I don't, I've only been a couple of times ever I've actually used a microphone to l- deliver a ceremony. I mean, I actually have the microphone there for any readers or for the brides and grooms if they want to use it for their vows or whatever. But I guarantee to couples that people will hear me. Um, my boyfriend always laughs when people ask that question because he's nodding <laughs> saying, yeah, they'll hear you, don't worry. Um, you know, and people who are in the back row come up and see me often and say, wow, that's the first ceremony in a long time we've been able to hear clearly because there wasn't a microphone that didn't work, you know, incorrectly or pop, you know, cutting Popping out. and cutting out, and, yeah. and, and the wind and everything like that. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's being heard and being present and being able to connect with the, I guess, is really important. Yeah, I hadn't actually thought of that, but that's a huge thing, uh, especially, oh, I guess, with um, teaching kids, like, People kind of forget it's the same with uh, when you're emceeing at a reception where basically adults, as soon as they have a couple of drinks, generally turn into children <laughs> yeah, anyway. Right. So it's kind of, you know, it's um, a, yeah. 
and you have to keep their attention. You know, the attention you, you, span is a big thing. And if look, if I can keep a bunch of twenty VCAL students entertained and engaged in learning, I think you know, a hundred guests at a wedding, I think I'll be able to manage them. No worries, too. So that's how I sort of approach it. You know, because they just they want to be a part of it as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And just getting people involved and knowing, yeah. And I think because uh, you said that you did uh, drama as well, is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So just a lot of those. Um, like people forget as well that like a wedding is a, a very staged event. Yes. Even if it's naturally occurring, yep. it's still staged. So people Absolutely. forget that quite often a lot of the things that happen spontaneously, they happen spontaneously. That's, yes, that's right. But that's, <laughs> that's only right. enabled by the fact that everything else is staged yes. so that if something spontaneous does happen, then you can take advantage of that whatever happens. Absolutely. Know. Like, you know, when the bride's walking down the aisle and you turn to the groom and realises he's chewing chewing gum, and you have to stand in front of him and put your hand up in front of his mouth and say spit and throw it away. I mean, they're the things you've got to do. These things happen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and you've just often. got to help out things, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Even uh, when people are taking photos, you know, cutting the cake and that kind of thing, and um, the bride or groom will have like a beer in one hand as they're cutting the cake. And it's like <laughs> the photographer's taking yeah. you to see the photographer going, oh, God, <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> trying to cut it out of the frame. And you just like get the bottle, take it out of the hand, and they're just like, Oh, it's like, I'll give it back to you in a minute. It's all right. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. It's pretty funny. And then they get the photo and then they're like, ah, right. Now I get it. Yes. So advice does work. Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I guess it's just, you know, a lot of it's just experience really. Oh, look, it is. And and, and I think especially in the, the celebrancy business, it's confidence, you know, dealing with situations if they come along. I mean, I've been quite lucky. I haven't had to deal with a lot of situations, you know, major situations, whatever. But you just keep everybody calm. Yeah. And you get there in the end, even if it's a few minutes later or something happens, you just, you know, as long as people feel comfortable and it's all going to work out in the end, that's all they need to know. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what things would you, like if, um, for brides out there that haven't started looking for a celebrant yeah. yet, what would you recommend that they ask people or even celebrants? What would you recommend that they ask them to kind of gauge whether or not they've got experience or even to find out if they're the right type of celebrant for them because there's a huge range of yep. celebrants. Absolutely. Well, I think you can do a little bit of research first, obviously on different websites and their own on celebrants' own websites just to get a feel because you can start to get a feel by a website. However, it's the way that we talk. It's the way we interact. And, I mean, the first thing is to have a phone conversation. I know so much is done with email nowadays but a celebrant's going to be talking during your ceremony. And look, and as you can hear, I have a slightly awkward voice. That's the way I operate. Now, <laughs> some people mightn't like that, and some, but some people love it. They think, good, you sound so relaxed, and that's fantastic. And, I mean, that's a big thing is just the voice and how you're going to carry yourself. They might have um, clips on YouTube mm. of them doing a ceremony, or they might have a little promo DV. Have a look at that. Just so that when you actually do go and meet a celebrant, you're not wasting your time. Because yeah. you've done a little bit of research beforehand. It's like you're not going to turn up to a photographer's house without, without having looked in their photos first. So it's a sort of thing about trying to get their idea of their personality and having a chat with them and, and ask about what they offer and how long are their ceremonies generally and, and how do they operate. That's probably the best thing because we, you know, celebrants, we sit down for about a half an hour, hour when we first meet with them to go through everything, ask questions and those sorts of things. And that's when a lot of it comes out. You know, mm. and they'll be able to see, oh, yeah, we're connecting with this person or, look, no, this isn't really the person, you know, we want to work, you know, run our ceremony on the day because we are all different. Yeah, definitely. 
But just ask, yeah, asking the questions, those sorts of things about what they offer, how do they operate, what sort of style do they think they do, how do they sell themselves, just those sorts of things because it is a very personality-based type of thing. And I've seen some websites out there that are brilliant and I know that the celebrants don't really match that website. Yeah, definitely. Um, that is definitely I've, a huge yep, thing. And I've certainly seen websites out there that aren't too fantastic and I go, oh, wow, but that's a fantastic celebrant. Because celebrants, we're selling ourselves, so we the product is us. Yeah, And yep. so you've sort of got to really get to know that product, which is us a little bit, to be able to help make your decision. Yeah, definitely. And I guess it's it's pretty difficult for people as well because they've got to get the right personality as well yep. as the, you know, and then you've got to be available on the same date, mm-hmm. which I imagine is a huge thing as well. A huge thing if you want to get married on a Saturday afternoon in March or November. Yep. Because, <laughs> yeah, because that's when everyone wants to get married a lot of the time and, yeah, and, and celebrants, you know, and photographers and all that book out so quickly for those yeah, times. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And um, what preparation do you notice that your couples do, the ones that have the best experience, I guess, on yep. the day? I think the best preparation is that when they come back and see me and we have a little rehearsal and we run through everything, that they've done their homework, they've liaised with me, they've written their vows, they've chosen their serum and they've written stuff, we put it all together so then I can collate it together and check that it all works um, and put it together. And then I find the ones who have the best experience leave it in my hands. Yeah. Because what they're paying for is to trust me to run that ceremony and run that hour and a half that I'm there exactly how they want it. And because then they can turn up, they can look good, they can feel great and leave the rest to me and enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's the big thing because you're paying your suppliers out there, you're trusting them. Right? Yeah. And if you can just walk away and know that I'm going to get out of that car and Julie Byrne, my celebrant, she's going to be there and she's going to have a big smile on her face and she's going to ease all those bridesmaids and we're going to have a laugh and Dad's going to walk me down the aisle and he's going to know exactly what he needs, all that sort of thing. Yeah, and then definitely. that way, and I think that's because sometimes I have gotten to weddings and the groom's got a, a, a sheet of what's going to happen when. Yeah. But before the Syrian, I just grab that sheet and I'll say, look, trust me, by the time she arrives, we'll have done everything. Leave it yeah. to me. Yeah, exactly. I want you to go and have a drink <laughs> with your mates before you start. Yeah, so they, I think they, they're the sorts of things that they've chosen what they want. They know what they want. They've let me know what they want. We've worked together to, to get that out and away they go and away I go and put everything together and come back and we have a ball at the wedding. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's it's actually really similar. I hadn't really thought about it before, but it's very mm. similar to the DJ stuff where yep. mm-hmm. the best weddings. <laughs> I mean, I had one where we, I had uh, four requested songs and that was all, that was the bridal waltz, the father-daughter dance, the cutting of the cake yep. and the bouquet. And yes. that was it. Yep. That was all the songs. And then they went, we like this kind of music and we want everyone to be dancing. Yes. So whatever makes people dance, you can yep. play. And that was it. And I think that quite often that's, you know, that's a really way, good way of doing it. And I think that yep. the hardest ones are probably the ones where people want to micromanage everything and have yep, things go a absolutely. certain way. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, you know, I mean, that, that some people do that and, you know, still work with them, no worries, but it just takes the pressure off them if they can just trust us. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it is just being present on the day because yes. it goes so fast. So quickly. So yes. quickly. And it's such a long day as well. Yeah. And, so, you know, so many guests and, I mean, there's a lot of pressure anyway. And then if anything, you know, if the weather turns bad yeah, or yep. any of those things and that's, you know, you're already dealing with enough stuff anyway. <laughs> that's exactly right. And that's why, you know, you've got people in place at certain venues and photographers and suppliers and that to do it all for you, you know, and yeah, exactly. so that you can relax and just, you know, in, soak up the day every moment of it. 
Yeah, definitely. Well, I think that's the that's potentially the the one kind of downside of the Pinterest do-it-yourself movement yes. is that you do have that thing of, you know, oh, we've got to do this or we forgot this or we forgot that. <laughs> and it can be one thing I was hearing for one, I was at a wedding and they said they went to this crazy wedding. I think the mother of the bride was a a planner and she spent a year and a half planning oh, wow. this wedding. Yeah, yep. yeah, at their property. And it was basically a festival over a three days or something like Ooh, that. Yeah. And um, the uh, mother of the bride thought that it was horrible because uh, one of the dip canisters in the they had these uh, like wicker baskets full of um, oh yeah hors d'oeuvres and stuff after the ceremony. Yes, <laughs> and I think yep. one of the dips was wrong or something like that. And so <laughs> she was like, "Oh, it's ruined." <laughs> oh no! And that's you know, three days. And I think that's the thing is that you know when you're organising all that stuff, it can be amazing, but your your own experience of it can sometimes be, you know, you're kind of wrapped up in all the, the getting stuff organized rather than just being present on the day. And I think then, I think then also you don't notice because I don't know if you see this as well, but for us, you know, quite often stuff goes wrong. So, oh, absolutely. You know, I've had uh, gone to venues where speakers don't work when we mm-hmm. get there. And so you set up a backup. You know, I think sometimes when you can organize stuff, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, even that uh, three day festival took a year and a half to organize and the mother of the bride who organised it all didn't have a good time. <laughs> yes, so. and the micromanagement on the day sometimes can really be detrimental to some people enjoying it. And I find two people who organise who have wonderful backyard weddings or weddings on family farms or something like that, it's also it's, it's fantastic. But I've driven up a number of times and there's the groom still in gumboots, putting, <laughs> you know, putting chairs out or doing something because they're running far behind. So you've really got to make sure that, you know, you've got enough time to sort of get everything organised and to enjoy the lead up to the ceremony so you're not rushing and rushing until the very last minute. So that's been quite funny, but I just get out of the car and say, get inside now and start getting dressed, you know, and they say, oh, right, oh, good. So, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. If there's any time that you can get the guests to chip in, then that's Oh, that's right. And that's why I just say, you go in there, <laughs> boys, can you? And they, oh, always, guests always happy. Oh, yeah, cool, we'll come and help. Yeah, no worries. So, yep. Exactly. <laughs> They're always a great asset to have. <laughs> exactly. I always say that too. Um, I had a, a bride actually the other day that got a finger caught in the car door and it was a, oh. I think it was an uncle's, uh, I think it was like a HR Holden or something. So it was yep. like the old, old heavy doors. Yelch. Yep. And she was bleeding everywhere. And luckily it was after the ceremony and they went into the ER and she was in her oh. full dress and uh, her dad took her in there and apparently the nurses look, took one look at her and just went, Come straight through. Yes. We will sort that out right now. <laughs> Don't take a number here today, darling. We'll accept you straight through. Thank you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it was quite funny. She, I think she's a competitive runner, so it was actually oh. quite good. Her pain threshold is huge. It was so huge, think, so she'd be right. And look, so she's was, got a memory to talk about for the rest of her life on her wedding day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think she was the probably the most calm bride I've ever had. And, um, luckily. you know, after all of that. Yeah, well, that's it. Luckily. Very luckily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cool. Um, all right. So what trends are you seeing that are kind of happening in Australia? Do you keep up the trends overseas in Europe no, and America no. as well? Or? No, 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 not me. No, I just sort of stick with my ceremonies and around here. Um, I think photography is going a lot more candid. I think really we're moving away from the posed shots mm. um, and that a lot more people are hiring photographers and asking for, oh, we just want it captured naturally. 
rather than everything being set up and I'm finding a lot of that. And just when you, of course, throughout the ceremony, before the ceremony, when you, our celebrants interact with photographers really closely for that sort of 45 minutes or hour, yeah. um, is that there's a lot less posing going on. It's certainly a, you know, a photographer getting into positions out of the way, taking snaps and, and all that. And, um, and I'm finding, and when you see the snaps come back, especially with filters and Photoshop nowadays, they're just magnificent. Yeah, definitely. Um, and just, yeah. you know, with lots of smiles and looks at each other and people in the background doing certain things and having certain faces and, and I think that's that's certainly something that's um that's coming on strong. Yeah, definitely. Well I guess the thing is that as far as being a celebrant, it hasn't changed very much, but the way that it's captured is massively different to Absolutely. how it used to be. Yes. So I guess I guess in a way it's kind of the same as when you're emceeing a wedding reception where the human interaction is exactly the same generally as it was 50 yeah. years ago. So yeah. the humans haven't changed that much, but the technology no, and, right. and everything else has. Yeah, Some things will never change, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think per- people are getting a lot more personal in their ceremonies as well, mm. um, making it a lot more about them and they're happy to include a lot more of their love story and focus on that rather than focus on some wording about marriage, yeah, which unless- is a great thing. Yeah, and less of those kind of advice about marriage things and more Absol- about yes. how they feel about each other and Ad- how they yeah. met. And- yes, and that's becoming a, yeah, a good focus of the ceremony, which you know couples go through, which is a really nice, as I say, because it sets the tone for the day about who they are. Because, yes, we're at a wedding, but we're at that couple's wedding. Yeah, exactly. And also, um, it's, you know, it's the two families. That's and, yeah, it's um, the coming together of all these sorts of people and families. And, yeah, so um, I think that's a, a, a thing that's, that's happening. Because you but find yeah, that the people are generally together a bit longer before they get married these days and uh, and quite often have kids and that kind of thing as well. Yeah. Does that change how the ceremonies are run or what they kind of want at the ceremony? Oh, look, or? definitely. When people come along and they've got one, two, three, I'm marrying a couple next week, I've already got four children, mm-hmm. is that it becomes a lot more family orientated. Yeah. And it really becomes about that unification of them as a couple with their children and, of course, their other family members as well. And I think it is a lot about them and their family. And generally I find the uh, ceremonies are a little bit shorter because they know we've got kids running around. (laughs) We don't want to be worrying about them. (laughs) We just want to capture that moment, have fun and get out of there before they're going to run riot. Yeah, so I just find it is – I find a lot more relaxed because they are about – the kids a lot more and they I guess also after you have kids then you're not as stressed about you know you just can't be as stressed no, <laughs> because, no you, you can't because you just can't survive with kids that's, and that's, being stressed about every small thing so you can't yeah that's right so people are a bit more relaxed they're like oh well look yeah look if they and I'm very relaxed with children I just say look if they're happy I'm happy yeah um, which is the big thing. So if that means they're playing over there with a little car, doing a few little brum brums, that's fine. If they want to come up and give you a cuddle, I don't mind as long as they're happy and they're not killing themselves. That's pretty much it. Yeah, um, that's a huge thing actually. I hadn't thought about that because, yeah, because you do have the teaching background. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, yeah, you don't get flustered because I have seen no. celebrants get flustered when, um, you know, even if someone's talking up the back or there's a child crying or something like mm-hmm. that. And you can just see that split second where they go, oh, God. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Look, I'll generally, I'll, in that moment, I'll add in a little comment or something if a kid scream and say, oh, is that right? You agree too. And just, just try and, you know, and yeah, also too, because it, yeah. I've been a parent of a screaming child. I know what it's like. And to just for, to help that parent out as well and guess to say, look, I'm cool with it, guys. So let's all just calm down. It's all fine. So yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Cause I've, yeah. cause you always see, well, not always, but you quite often see, you know, if a, a kid's making some noise, quite often the parent will feel like they have to. Yeah. 
take the child away, which then also means that you lose that family member from the ceremony, which kind that's of right. takes away something. Yes. So but it's amazing yeah. what snacks and toys can do for 20 minutes, half an hour. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> snacks, toys, and an iPhone. That's pretty much what gets them through. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and what's your... Your take on the whole, um, you know, people taking photos on their phones and iPads and that kind of thing during the ceremony. Yep. Um, well, look, I my take is that get out of the way of the photographer mm-hmm. and you'll be okay. Yep. Now, a lot of couples nowadays are sort of, I'm having a sort of a third of people who are saying no photos at all or mm-hmm. social media, a third who are saying, I generally, I um, at the very start of the ceremony, before I've said anything, I pull all the bridal party in and I get out of the way and let everyone take photos. Yep. And some yep. people are saying that's the only photo, that's it, that's their opportunity and it, and it goes away. And mm-hmm. some people are saying, oh, no, that's we don't mind, take as many as you'd like. My biggest bugbear, shall we say, is the aisle. Yeah. Because you've got, especially if it's a small aisle and you've got people just standing out 10 centimetres with their little iPhone or their iPad on mm. both sides, it becomes really, really tiny for the photographer to get any decent shots of that bride coming down the aisle. So that's the one I dislike the most. Yeah, definitely. Um, because it's, I think it's everyone thinks to... it's only them doing it. <laughs> but when yeah, exactly. there's a hundred people doing it, it's you're in the way, people. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and I look, and again, I at the start of a ceremony, before we've even started, and the bride arrives, I announce all their wishes about that because as soon as I say the bride and groom have requested, yeah, generally people listen. Yeah, exactly. If or I someone say, will, please you know, tap them on the shoulder yes. and say, just don't. <laughs> yeah, you know, because if I sort of say it, they'll go, oh, she said it, but, you know, Sally might want us to take photos, you know. So, yeah, yes, that's so very true, as, actually. As soon that's as I true. say the bride and groom has requested, that's it. It's, a, it's you know, it really, oh, okay, that's what they want. Good. Yeah, so that helps her too, I think. But, but yeah, it's becoming worse and it's becoming really bad, actually, the photography of guests nowadays getting in the way at the wrong time. So it's just mm. about guests being mindful that, it's not up to you to get the good shot. It's up to the photographer. Yeah, definitely. And also I think it detracts from when you've got people in the aisles and even leaning oh. over and that kind of thing. Yes. I mean, if the groom can't see the bride as she's walking down the aisle, then it detracts from the whole point oh, of the ceremony. I mean, and that's, you know, and that is the moment, you know. That's, that's yeah. when it all, that's the moment. And when it, that can't be seen by the groom or captured sometimes, yeah, it's a bit annoying. So it's just being mindful of the photographer and of where the bride and groom are, I think. Yeah, definitely. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, you see lots of stuff on um, all the bridal websites and that kind of stuff. So it's good to actually, you know, hear from someone that's from the call face and knows yes. know, all the <laughs> different things it. to yes. ask. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, and seen it and put it in action and all that kind of thing. And also yes. to find out all the different ways of doing it, whether or not you just have that as a thing or not as well. Because, yeah. um, you know, I'm sure there's some brides that love having everything on Facebook, so that's, that's yeah. uh, it's all well, good. Well, I mean, last last <laughs> week, last Saturday, I did a wedding, and their hashtag was Natanui takes a mark. Yeah, and everyone was, and everyone <laughs> he was in a, he's a football development officer, but everyone yep. was to take photos and hashtag it. So, I mean, it's yeah, it's um dependent on who you are and what your choice is, and again, that's the brilliancy of it. You just do whatever you want to do. Yeah, gotcha. And I guess the other thing is making sure that, um, you know, as far as the celebrant goes, is making sure that the celebrant's happy with whatever that is. Because I know that there's, right. some, there's some old school celebrants that uh-huh. hate phones. Yeah. And yet there's probably some others as well that just, you know, they love having social media and photos yeah. and all that kind of stuff up because that might be their thing. Yeah, um, and that's right. And so you just find out what the couple's request is mm-hmm. and go with that. And I find that people, that uh, guests at a wedding are quite happy yeah, to, definitely. you know, do whatever the bride and groom want. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, so what do you want to tell people that listen to this podcast personally? Probably one general thing just about about marriage celebrancy is that often you'll see on forums, which you probably see too, or notice boards or forums or, or those sorts of things that Every now and then you'll get someone coming on saying, how come celebrants are so expensive? They're only there for 30 minutes doing a ceremony. Yeah, yeah. And I think that a lot of us celebrants get a little bit upset about that because it's so not that. There's the meeting with the couples, there's getting to know them, there's emailing them, there's going through the ceremony, there's doing all the legal paperwork, there's checking that everything's okay, there's all the preparation we do before the ceremony and before the bride comes out, there's delivering the ceremony, there's following it up afterwards to make sure that you've submitted this, all these sorts of meetings, that's just the tip of the iceberg. And I think that, you know, a lot goes into it and I think a lot of our heart and soul goes into it as well. It's not just about paperwork, Mm. right? It's about our love for what we do. And we put our heart and soul into it. And so, you know, yeah, and that's why we're not $300. Yeah. Because, you know, I tell you, if I could earn $300 for half an hour's work, I'd do it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that ain't happening, you know, so it doesn't happen that way. So that's probably one thing. Yeah, definitely. And look, you know, from my perspective, I'm a very relaxed and fun celebrant. Mm. And that's what a lot of people want. Some people want a little bit more serious. Some people want a bit younger. Some people want male. Some people want older. But you get to choose exactly what you want. And that's what I was saying about filter out before you go and see a celebrant. Do a bit of research so that you don't walk in the door and open up the door and go, oh, I didn't realize you were 40 years of age with blonde hair. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so that they've done that. And be feeling comfortable with your celebrant and don't, uh, I'm not going to say bullied, Um, when you're with a celebrant, you don't have to sign up with them on the spot. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can go away and think about it. And anyone who's trying to make you sign up on the spot, well, that's the wrong thing to do. Yeah, definitely. Gotcha. Um, as well. So, yeah, so that's, yeah, that's probably what I'd like to say. Awesome. And how can people get in contact with you? Well, they can do it a number of ways. They can either call me on my mobile, which is 0407 370 287, or they can quite simply go onto my website, celebrantjulie.com.au. And have a look at all I've got to offer and drop me a contact form and an email through there. Also, I have a Facebook page, which is Celebrant Julie. Lots of reviews, lots of photos. You can also send a message through there. Gotcha. And that links to your Instagram and all your other Pinterest and and all that stuff. Yep, and Instagram too, all those sorts of things, yes. All right, excellent. Sounds great. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. Awesome. uh, Thanks for inviting me. No worries. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye.